You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 60, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 204 and X-Men number 133 from February 1980. Nifty 60, baby. Woo! and welcome to the 60th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. 50-60, baby. Can you believe it? 60 episodes. We're halfway to 100. Wow. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Let me tell you about Crusader Chronicles is. I mean, it's the 60th episode, so I'd say for the last 59 episodes... Crusader Chronicles has been a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in the digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. And hey, Here's some friends that have been with me for all 60 of them. Can you believe that? Nifty 60, baby. Yeah. We are here at 60. I would never thought we'd be here when we did Crusader Chronicles episode one. Mm, mm, I didn't think we'd get to episode two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on. I figured we would get somewhere, but I just, ah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it is. I'm proud to be here. Yeah. That's awesome. We've seen a lot of comics come, a lot of comics go, a lot of story developments, a lot of different things happening. It has definitely been a fun trip, but I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but let's go ahead and talk to my friends who are here. And with me, we have Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Probe. Oh, yes, Pat. You know, in honor of our 60th, mm-hmm. which I, again, am proud to be part of. 60, baby. Nifty 60. I've decided. On this episode, usually, I, you know, I do a bit from one of the comics we're going to read. Not doing a bit tonight. You know what no. I've decided? Oh. After 60 episodes of tomfoolery and uh, shenanigans and whatnot, that this is the episode where I'm just going to be super nice to Delvin. I'm going to agree with everything Delvin says. I'm going to okay. support every one of Delvin's oh. ideas. Uh, I'm going to amplify, you know, his thoughts mm-hmm. and just be the best friend I can be to him. You pick him up. Yeah. Yeah. This is Delvin's episode. I'm going to pick him up. That's awesome. Maybe we should all do that. I mean, if I started a trend, I started a trend. Yeah. yeah. Uh That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I think that'd be really awesome to do, especially for Delvin. You know, he's so quiet. I don't know why he's so quiet right now, but soak it all in, Delvin. Soak it all in. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk to Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Well, hey, Pat. Hey, Jared. Happy New Year. First recording of the new year. Oh, good Glad to be here. At- Get me in, man. Get me in, man. What- What's Treetop Tommy? He's banging on the window out there. Oh, Tommy, I miss Tom- him. Tommy, what are you doing out there? Man, you guys had me taking down the lights off the off the roof, and you left me out here, man. 
You forgot about me. Honestly, I didn't even know you still lived here. And did, did Pat send you up there to get those lights? You know he did, man. And I was here during that New Year's episode. I was banging on this window, man, but there was so much ruckus going on in there with your party and everything. Yeah, it was a good time. Please, it, man. Give me some hot cocoa and maybe some Ewok jerky. <laughs> we can do that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Tommy a little bit, but I mean, is this what he does? <laughs> does he just... That's what I thought we were paying it for. That's <laughs> what everybody thinks. This is what time it does. This is what time it does. Just because it's my job does not mean it's my life, man. <laughs> L- Laurel, can you give me the job role for Tommy? You know, I don't think Laurel's here, but I'm positive we could put this in Delvin's capable hands. Yeah. Yeah, Delvin, see if you can uh, find the position description for uh, Treetop Tommy, would you? Thanks. Man, screw you guys. I swear to God. I deserve more respect, man. I'm going back up to the attic now. Y'all have a good show. All right. See you later, Tommy. Later on, Tommy. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by. Only lost three toes. Three toe, Tommy. <laughs> three toe, Tommy. Oh, Ooh, I feel really bad. Anyway, uh, good to be here, Pat. Jeez, yeah, I it's good forgot to all you. about him being out there. Yeah. You know, he's protecting the LBC HQ. So, you know, he, he does a good job. Maybe, you know, next. Crusade miss, maybe we get him a little something extra in his stocking. Oh, some toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some hand warmers. <laughs> little uh, little weenie Franks to maybe fill in those parts of the stock. <laughs> cocktail Franks for his toes. I like those cocktail Franks. Honestly, <laughs> if you leave those lying around, I'll probably eat those. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, with that, that's the show. It's just the three of us. Old school. <laughs> 50, 60, baby. School, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's weird, man. Just the three of us. Like the old days. Just as, you know, if you're listening. I mean, Delvin hasn't quit the show, I don't think. <laughs> He's still part of the team, I think. If not, we'll have a Delvin on the show. I'll tell you how much. <laughs> we do know another Delvin. That is true. So We always keep a spare Delvin in our back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm building him up. Anything he has to say on this episode, I'm supporting him. Sounds like a great idea to do so. We will miss you, Delvin. Hopefully you'll get back with us and we can work out the arrangement and agreements to have you back on the show. Anyway, if you want to be part of the shenanigans <laughs> that you heard here, uh, give us a voicemail. All right. Uh, that's a real thing that we have. You can leave us a message at 707-532-5269, 707-532-LBOX. Now, before we get started with this episode's issues, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Nifty 60. Hey, everybody. Clinton Robinson here. I recently attempted to sneak into the Longbox Crusade headquarters basement to watch some of the Albrecht Brothers action movies while the crew was out at the Saturday matinee theater. Too bad I had a little mishap and got stuck down here. With no movies to boot. However, there are pieces of Pat's old podcasting equipment and excellent Wi-Fi service. So I decided to pass the time watching online fan films and talking about them. What, you don't know what a fan film is? Well, there are these non-theatrical movies that people post online of already established characters and settings. Hey, hey, hey now. Just wait and see. 
Save all judgment for what happens when you listen to Fan Film Fridays, a new podcast found on the Longbox Crusade podcast feed. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. And it is Amazing Spider-Man number 204. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of May 1980, but its on-sale date was February 12th, 1980. Cover price is 40 cents. Editor it was Marv Wolfman. Writer Marv Wolfman. Hello. Penciler Keith Pollard. I'm not budging on this. He did layouts again. (laughs) Anchor is Pablos Marcos. Letter is Rick L. Parker. And colorist is Roger Siffler. Silfer. Well, Sliffer, but. Sliffer? What did I say? Do we care? Do we really care? Mm -hmm. Because we know who is not. Yes, no. Mm -mm, No, no, Glennis. No, Glennis. Conrad Bad. Well, (sighs) reprints. You can read along with us in Spider-Man versus the Black Cat trade paperback or Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 or uh, the Marvel Masterworks Volume 268 featuring Amazing Spider-Man Volume 20 or on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler John Romita Jr. with inks from Alan Milgram. Speaking about the cover, let's get a cover description from Jared. Thank you, Pat. I agree with Delvin. Here we go. Cover description. The Marvel Comics group banner is light blue with black letters like a tropical thunder of colors. Spidey swings in a matching blue corner box. The amazing Spider-Man logo is a crackling color X of yellow and red highlights. The main action shows our web-headed hero having a Diablo of a time getting pummeled by a bunch of vases and pottery as the black cat swings happy as a fat cat in the background. A cover blur reads, Thought she'd be easy to nab, didn't you, Spidey? But you forgot. She's the black cat. And I will be insanely impressed if you got the theme tonight. If Delvin was here, he would have got it. I, I was going to say, is it one that I have a chance for? I, Probably I was, not. I was actually being sarcastic. I was, I'm supporting Delvin on this episode, but I don't think he would have got it either. Okay. I don't Nothing? got it. I don't Nothing? got it. Okay. Nothing. Tropical Thunder. Crackling Color X. Diablo and Fat Cat are the four top-selling fireworks from the Black Cat Firework Company. Uh, <laughs> I look wow. at that <laughs> up on the internet. Totally blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I went to blackcatfireworks.com. I clicked, what are your best sellers? And those are the top four. And I was like, I'm working them in. Wow, I would never piece that together. I like that dedication, though. That yeah, is that's, that's hardcore. The, that's the kind of arts and crafts you get here in long box <laughs> yes. studios. Wait till you get to my X Men <laughs> cover description. You could, wow, that's like a a build up for the last fifty nine episodes to get to <laughs> just to see your, your crafting. That's right. Fifty nine episodes ago, I lit the fuse, and <laughs> yeah. this is the grand finale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at awe. Wow. Ooh, ooh, ah. <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead and get into some quick cover to thoughts. And we will start with Delvin. A trash can. I agree with Delvin. I think that's good insights. Jason, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. Obviously, uh, we got our first intro to Black Cat a little while back. So to see her back gracing this cover is pretty cool. 
I like the action pose. There's a lot of mayhem, a lot of energy on it. It looks like uh, Spider-Man's in a bit of trouble. Colors look good. All in all, I think this is a pretty impressive cover. What do you think, Jared? I mostly agree with you. The only detractors for me is, I, I don't know if it's because I'm using Marvel Unlimited and it's been recolored, but Black Cat looks, her skin tone is too dark. And and I don't know if that's across the board or whatever, but her skin tone is almost gray on mine. And I'm like, eh, I don't really like that. But mm-hmm. and she also has crazy eyes in her smile. Uh, something about her face just doesn't work well for me. It's got them crazy eyes. <laughs> well, there's well, some things in this story that we'll get to, yeah. I think, as well. So, But uh, I also recognize the fact that she's a relatively new character, so no one's got a bead on her yet, so I'm willing to overlook those. But other than that, yeah, it's it's a, it's a perfectly good, serviceable cover, and it's, you know, it's John Romita Jr. on Spider-Man, so that's good times. What do you mm-hmm. think, Pat? I do kind of agree with you. I, you know, I'm missing the webs. Oh, I missed that in my cover description. Good call, Pat. No uh, webs. No webs. Yeah, I was no so webs, proud of that firecracking description mm. that I missed that. That one just whistled right by you, didn't it? <laughs> Got me. Good one, Pat. Yes. Woo. I it did a like, good one. <laughs> like, oh, that was a dud. <laughs> yeah, no webs, Pat. Good catch. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what kind of, I, I miss that, but I think also kind of just makes this the background of it just kind of just eh, me eh. uh, but definitely black cat and spider-man they're looking pretty good in the colors i don't see the gray on mine mm-hmm. so she's just a little gray you know how you put that hamburger in the fridge and it's been there just a little too long <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> what are you saying she's a uh, never mind i i, I anyway. don't know and do you see the crazy eyes though i do now that you mention it i do see the crazy her eyes too like a side and she's got these like crazy eyes going on just just a weird smile on her face or something i don't know but color wise it's not too bad for me i think with that why don't we go ahead and get into some quick cover ratings just as a reminder it's a one through five rating here on crusader chronicles five as you loved it it tickled your tummy feathers (laughs) four you really liked it Hmm. three liked it Hmm. two didn't like it And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. So, Jason, one through five on the cover. I think I'll go with a three. I think it's good, solid, uh, not in the elite status. Like I said, like mm-hmm. the reappearance of the black cat. Jared pointed out some some things, and you pointed out some things. And as I look at it, you know, come scoring time, I think I'm going to land on a three here. All right. Delvin? A trash can. I agree 100% with what Delvin just yeah. said. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got it. And Jared. And I'm going to completely agree with Delvin, of course, and echo what Jason said. It does its job. It's not super standout. It's not terrible. It's a three. It's a, no complaints, three. I'm going to agree with all of you guys. It is a three as well for me. It's, you know, it's good. You know, I can't lower it because of the art. It's a decent cover. Sticking at a three. I liked it. It does intrigue me to see how the black cat survived, and I want to find that out. And I think the only way we can is to get a story synopsis from Jason. Well, I don't know if I can help you figure out how she survived with my story synopsis. (laughs) I was like, I don't remember that part of the story either. (laughs) Because I think I was still left wondering, but here we go. 
While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title is, The Black Cat Always Lands on Her Feet. Well, well, well. It looks like the black cat survived. Our story begins with Spidey on patrol and helping the police stop some armed thugs. As his day progresses, however, our intrepid hero thwarts a theft at the Guggenheim. The culprit? None other than the black cat herself. Although Spider-Man prevents the theft, the black cat gets away. Returning to his day job, Peter pays a visit to the Bugle, only to find Robbie has gone full J. Jonah Jameson. His social life isn't going much better as Flash sets him up with a perfect match, but Peter finds out that she's his student. Meanwhile, Jonah is wandering the streets with amnesia and encounters a mysterious Jonas Harrow. What's his angle? And in the final act, the Black Cat makes another attempt to steal a statue from the Guggenheim. Spider-Man once again tries to intervene, but this time is bested by Black Cat, who gets away with her prize. Lots of goings-on in this issue, fellas. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jason, for that recap. And there is a lot of stuff going on, so I think we have a lot to kind of discuss. So let's go ahead and get into the bric-a-brac. Is it a first read or a reread? We'll start with Jared. First read for me, Pat. Jason. Also a first read. Delvin? A trash can. I agree with that, Delvin. Well, that makes it a A reading rainbow. (laughs) We got ourselves a reading rainbow. I love it. Let's get into some high lows and what does. Jared. You got a high, low, or what the? I have a low that became a high. Hmm. You're patented low to high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the story... Oh, wait. Let me start with a low. Uh, Polar did layouts again. <laughs> okay. Now that we got that off the books. <laughs> In the story, there was moments where the black cat would cast a shadow that looked like a cat. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like... And then I realized that every time they use that trick... It was her bad luck powers at work. And I was like, oh, that went from done to brilliant pretty fast. <laughs> so but, I, I was like, oh, that's clever. So I, I like that. I ended up liking it. I, that's what I was starting to get confused on is we didn't see that the last time we saw her. No, again, she's new. So they're developing or not. And I don't think they're going to keep that because I remember reading Black Cat stories in the future. And I don't remember that. But I thought it was kind of a neat little visual yeah. cue for this episode. So I, I thought it was cute. Yeah. I liked it, too. It was like. It's kind of similar to Spider-Man Spider-Sense, you know, something that you can visually see when it's going on. You can kind of visually see mm-hmm. when this power's being enacted. I thought that was a cool little gimmick. I just I just didn't understand how she was doing it. 
Well, that was going to be mine too, Pat, because I wish Delvin were here because maybe he could explain. I was wondering, is she a mutant, kind of like Longshot, where Longshot has the power of luck? She kind of has the reverse of that, can make Mm. people unlucky. Is there some sort of magical item or totem that she has that gives her this power? What is the source of this power? How does it come about? I've read a lot of Spidey myself, and Delvin would probably be the better expert. I don't remember how she had acquired it, but I want to say it's almost like a passive power. Like, it just happens around her. All right. Like, like she's not willing negative stuff to happen. It just kind of does. Spotlights it or something. That's that's how I remember it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, if only Delvin was actually here. Yeah. And I would would agree with whatever he had to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, like you said, we're kind of a second introduction to Black Cat. So we're getting to know her, and they must have said, "Oh wow, we everybody liked her, so let's you know bring her back and and do this bigger story for her and start to tell a little bit more about who she is and and what what's going on with her." So interesting. I just find it interesting, that, you know, as you look back to see the development of this character. Jason, you got a high, low, or what the? We'll go with a high coming out of the gate. I thought the action sequence right from page one was entertaining. Spider-Man chasing the thugs in their getaway van. And I like how he stopped them by literally webbing that axle, yeah. just ripping that axle off. The visual of that was really cool. So it was um, a good intro to the story, which hooked me right from the get-go. So I'll use that as my high. I agree with that. It was a good opening scene for that. And with that, I think there's still some good character development happening in this issue even though the the main story is about the cat and Peter. And I like how conflicted Peter is and how he kind of, I don't want to say gets starstruck or, you know, likes her, but is having problems going, well, she's kind of a bad person now, and I got to stop her from doing this, but I don't want to. But those thighs is Delvin. (laughs) 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 And she's giving it to him right back, too. And, you know, she's talking to him about, you know, is, is junk in his trunk and you know yeah she's a uh, boy yes i think there's there's a little fatal attraction stuff going, going yeah. on here well you know mary jane's out of the picture and you know peter's on the move so peter's gotta do what peter's gotta do mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. all right well we'll go around one more time jared you got another high low or what the Pat, before I get into my next round, it just occurred to me, I just remember that the Black Cat's original bad luck powers were imbued by scientists working for the Kingpin through a bargain that was made with him. Later on, those powers will get removed by Doctor Strange, and Felicia will seek some help from the supervillain Doc Trauma, and she'll graft cybernetic enhancements to Felicia's body, giving her those bad luck powers once again. Mm, man, your knowledge is unparalleled. Mm, they just came up with that off the top of my head. Wow. Uh, a little more about this. This power allows her to subliminally affect probability fields. So Jason was right. It's a lot like long shot, opposite long shot, if you will, which would cause improbable but not impossible events of bad luck to occur to enemies within her line of sight. Mm, interesting. As she becomes more ruthless, her bad luck powers become more effective. Ooh. This power also affects magic and that it lowers the probability that a magic will even affect her. Just off the top of my head. Hmm. That's very you. good nemesis for Doctor Strange. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to the story at hand. Uh, I'm intrigued mm-hmm. by the turn of the lovable Robbie 
Robertson. Yeah, that is odd. It is odd. Like, is the pressures the bugle? Did they make Jonah who he is? Because they're starting to make Robbie who Jonah was. I definitely want kind, loving, fatherly Morgan Freeman esque <laughs> Robbie Robertson back. <laughs> yeah. Spider Man yep. crawled through a hundred yards of. <laughs> to get his freedom <laughs> and he remained clean <laughs> came out clean on the other side <laughs> do you guys know who this jonas era yeah no and that's i think i know where you're going with this pat because i was wondering that as well is he manipulating this is he having some effect on robbie as well or is oh, this- yeah. Is this just the pressures of the bugle getting to Robbie? Because, boy, J. Jonah Jameson is really going through something, and it seems like this Harrow guy has something to do, with, to do it. with it. Yeah. How deep does this go? I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested to find out all these little that little side story going on. Well, most people don't know that Jonas Harrow's first appearance was Amazing Spider-Man 114 in November of 1972. He's a disgraced surgeon. He began his unconventional surgery to give powers to people like Hammerhead and Kangaroo. After these failures, he implanted a device in the brain of Will O. the MFing Wisp in order to force him to participate in his master participate participate in his master plan which wasn't further explained so we i think we have run into this cat yes. before oh okay I knew that name sounded familiar that Will was the mf and wisp baby he's back oh <laughs> uh, you remember when i used to do that with the movies and you guys said to knock that off yeah <laughs> <laughs> i understand why now oh the order still stands though <laughs> wow that is very interesting information that is just brought to us i do what i can do when i can do it Mm, definitely well with that i am intrigued more to find out where we go with this story and how about that story with peter and flash setting him up what do you guys think uh that was going to be my other high i think that was interesting because it really shows spider-man progressing throughout the story arc flash and peter start off as nemesis you know nemesis's nemesis i don't (laughs) nemesis nemesis at odds odds with one another and now they're friends and flash is doing his best to set his buddy up get his buddy back in the game and you know the old parker luck still is in effect though he's on the one hand he's got the woman of his dreams potentially on the other hand turns out she's going to be a student because he's progressed he's now a grad school student slash teacher so it's interesting to see their lives move forward and develop so i i like that i thought it was quite charming i was hoping it would last a little bit longer it's like you know if you're gonna do something pete you got some time before class on monday or whatever you got. <laughs> yes sir. that's right you know tell her she gets a d d's nuts yeah. or at least you know she could have played it off like hey you know later on told him oh by the way i'm in your class tomorrow <gasps> instead of just telling him right away it's like come on play that out a little bit let's, let's see where it go <laughs> poor pete well do you guys have any extra high low or what does for this issue i think you covered Pretty much all of mine. I thought the fights between uh, 
Peter and Black Cat were pretty good. But other mm-hmm. than that, I think we hit the highlights for this issue. Yeah, I think it went by pretty quick of a read. The action between the fights was well done. The artwork was well done as well, too. So all in all, a pretty solid outing in this issue. And we got some stuff to look forward to the next issue. With that, let's go ahead and get to our silly Spidey moment. What did you find as your silly Spidey? Jason, what's your silly Spidey for this issue? I think, and I hope it's funny, I hope it's not nefarious, but I laughed out loud with Robbie, you know, in the captain's seat, so to speak, at the bugle, and all of a sudden he's he's feeling the pressures that J. Jonah Jameson has felt, and he's turning into J. Jonah Jameson, and then in the end he realizes it. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny. There's an old Roman saying that says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but says that everybody thinks they make a better captain when it's not their hand on the helm, you know? And so I think, you know, his hand's on the helm now, and maybe yeah. now he's starting to understand his friend a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was funny. It's, or it's the old, uh, you know, walk a mile in my shoes and see where it goes. Jarrett, do you have a silly Spidey? I do. I don't know how intentionally silly it was supposed to be. It was on content page seven after his first run in with the black cat. And he's sort of having a discussion with himself. He's like, so the black cat's still alive. I don't know whether to be sorry or happy. There's something about her that's so blasted attractive. I think I know what it is about her that's so blasted attractive. Uh, yeah. She's super yeah. attractive. <laughs> hmm. Peter couldn't like figure that one out in his head. There's something about her that's so blasted attractive. <laughs> She's sexy as all get out, Pete. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. <laughs> I was thinking during that fight, remember that the movie 21 Jump Street when the guys fight with the. <laughs> are we going to make like, out? Are we are making we, out or are we, are we fighting? You gave, you gave me kiss me eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that is a pretty good one. Mine, of course, is always when he says those funny words. Bunky, right? I Bunk, yeah, Bunky, yeah. Bunky. <laughs> you got me, got me paying Bunky. I saw it. I was like, oh, Pat's going to pick this one. Yep. I, I was like, right oh, away. there's a Bunky. <laughs> the minute he said it, I'm like, oh, you got me. Got a good <laughs> smile from me on that one. I, I still don't understand. What, what were they thinking? What was Marv thinking, Bunky? I mean, was that a word back yeah, I mean, what, I was that a saying that were the kids throwing that out as lingo back then? <laughs> I think it I might have been. I, I, I don't want to look it up on the web either just to find out, like, was this a word that they use? And, you know, because I don't want to be disappointed, I guess. <laughs> look it I up just, on Urban Dictionary. It just says, if you use this, you're old as F. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. But, you know, hey, it's the new year for us here. So maybe I might start using Bunky a little bit more. I know I've said it before, but you know what? We're bringing Bunky back, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm the new Justin Timberlake. I'm bringing Bunky back. Yeah. Bunky, Bunky back. Yeah. All right. Bringing back that Bunky Co Medina. (laughs) 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 But all the Marv Wolfman's run to my house for that Bunky Co Medina. (laughs) (laughs) Ow. Oh, well, with that, let's go ahead and get to the rating for this issue. As a reminder, it's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Jarrett, one through five for this issue. Um, oof, Joe November was here. I think three, mm. five. Uh, he's not. 
So I think I'll go to the four. I think there's enough, you know, with the Robbie storyline. Yeah, yeah. A couple good matchups with the Black Cat, Pete and Flash. Mm -hmm. Really good opening action scene. I'll go four on it. I'll bump it up. I think I'm with you on that four. Definitely for the story development that are happening, along with the action with the cat. And I think I'm really interested to see the next issue to find out what happens. And maybe we'll get a little more detail about the cat as well. Folks, we got a little update for you here from LBC headquarters. As we were recording this, uh, Weasel Skull's power went out. He has no power whatsoever. He's the opposite of He-Man. He does not have the power. We suspect Circuit Breaker Trip, Treetop Tommy. But we can't mm. prove anything. So I guess we won't be getting Jason's thoughts or his score on the Spider-Man issue. If we get him back later in the show, maybe we'll check in with him. But for now, Pat and I both scored at a four. <laughs> So, boom, boom, laka, 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 boom, 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 laka, laka, boom, 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 laka, laka, boom, boom, woo. So, it's a four for us. And hopefully, Jason will be back later in the program. And believe me, Pat, I think that brings us to the end of this part of the show. It does. If you got a question or comment, you can send us an email at contact com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or the Facebook page. And of course, you can call us at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. And we will be right back. Pick up the phone! (laughs) Between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords and magic, whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Days of High Adventure, a new podcast discussing a variety of comics that fall into the fantasy or sword and sorcery genre. Available on most podcast services and Anchor FM. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll available only on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 per month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected X-Men number 133. So credits for this issue were provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. Cover date was May 1980, but its on sale date was February 19th. Cover price is 40 cents. Editor is Jim Salakrip. Writer Chris S. Claremont. Esquire! Plotter and penciler is John L. Byrne. Anchor Terry Austin. 
letterer is Tom Orzakowski, and the colorist is the Color Me Bad colorist, Glennis Wee. I'm glad we always at least have some Glennis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, not I a thought they were slowly trying to wean us off it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I see wow. what you did there. Wow. You are a very funny guy. <laughs> Jason and Delver gone. You gotta step up. <laughs> well, you can read along with us in reprints in Uncanny X-Men trade paperback, classic X-Men number 39, Essential X-Men volume 2 trade paperback, and the Marvel Masterworks volume 40, Uncanny X-Men volume 5. Cover credits go to penciler John L. Byrne with inker Terry Austin. And speaking about the cover, let's have Jarrett give us a cover description. Well, before I get into the cover description, I'd like to remind everyone that this is the back in time episode of episode 60. We started with no Delvin since he was the last one to join us. And now we've gone back in time to the time before Jason. And it's just Pat and I at this point. So if you ever wondered what the original days of the program were like, wonder no more. Just the two of us. (laughs) We can make it if we try. We're building castles in the sky. Well, let me go ahead with your cover description. The Marvel Comics group banner is red with black letters. The teal green corner box holds the heads of Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler. The uncanny X-Men logo is yellow with red highlights. And the main action features Wolverine just laying waste to a bunch of the red and blue clad henchmen of the Hellfire Club. Cover box reports, all the X-Men have fallen before the might of the Hellfire Club, all except one, Wolverine lashes out and what it should say is wolverine lashes out for 6.25 out of 17 story pages that's 37 percent of the story the rest is horse and i'm still unclear on why this era of x-men is so highly regarded back to you pat all right i didn't think you were gonna go right into it right away in the cover description but i killed myself I can see your X-Men fandom really coming out here. Oh, my gosh. Get the gas <laughs> and the matches pack because it's starting already. <laughs> Man, I wish Jason was still here. Anyway. He would be flipping out right now. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad they haven't told him are off now because I would not have gotten away with all this. <laughs> the shenanigans and your tomfoolery that you <laughs> got wrong. going out here. I've got a wrong Help me. Somebody help me. If you ever want to be a part of the Crusader Chronicles and help us out <laughs> when in need, I'm desperately looking and seeking <laughs> backups. You can call Pat at 707-532-5269. <laughs> That's, I don't have it in front of me right now. Just pick up the phone and call me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared, would you give me your cover thoughts now that you gave us the description? Let me hear your thoughts on the cover. It's actually quite good. I mean, the cover looks really, really, really good. It's mm-hmm. it's, a sh- it's a sharp, sharp cover. Uh, I mean, it's got a lot of energy. It's totally focused on Wolverine. They cram a lot of people uh, getting their butts kicked by Wolverine onto the cover. I like the color continuity between the corner box and the boxes that they're fighting yeah. in. Good use of black in the top half. Yep. It's just it's a real, real strong cover. Um, that logo it, really stands out. Yeah, the logo pops like crazy. This is a cover that I spotted slabbed and graded at a comic book store a couple of years back. 
and uh, I was able to cut a pretty good deal with the store owner, and I picked it up, even though I'm not an X-Men fan, but I knew Jason was, and mm-hmm. Jason loves the Wolverine, and I was like, if he, he may already have the issue, but like, it might be nice to have a nice slab graded, you know, because this, sure. is, this is one you would hang on your wall, Pat. Yeah, Weak. definitely. But anyway, Ooh. your thoughts, sir, your thoughts. I totally agree with you on the color combination on this. Like I mentioned before, the uncanny X-Men logo that's there now really pops on this page. The only thing that freaks me out is those guys in the mask. Yeah. Those masks are really kind of creepy to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does it just give you a creepy vibe? Like there's something that when I see that, I don't know if there was a movie or something that kind of had that kind of a creepy mask in it as well too. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just that sort of nondescript, yeah, almost Michael Myers from Halloween yeah. nondescript face. Yeah, it's, it's it's creepy. Yeah, it's just yeah. Ooh, I'm, every time I see these guys, I'm like, these guys really creep me out. And but it's interesting to see that they're you know part of the Hellfire Club. You know, they're henchmen that they use. So I find that very interesting. Yeah, Other than, I, I don't know what these guys. I thought they were robots at first. The face, got, yeah, the face makes you kind of yeah. And then they start giving each other names. But let's get into that in the into the story development. All right. But definitely on the cover, I really like how Wolverine stands out with his yellow against the greenish background that's happening. Man, just the art on this is really amazing. I like definitely. it. Yeah. All right. Well, since we've talked about our thoughts on the cover, let's find out our ratings on it. It's a one through five rating for this cover. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Mm. Just you and me, Jarrett. Mm. What do you you rate this cover? Well, Pat, like I said, this is a poster-worthy cover. And while I may be having my issues with these issues, Mm -hmm. although I like the last one, I think I gave the last one a pretty good mark for story. I think so. Um, I, I don't want to let that, my problem with the story of this issue, intrude mm-hmm. on the cover. This is an outstanding cover. I would call it borderline iconic. Pat, you know how we're on G.I. Joe Chronicles and we talk about some covers? We do it 1 to 10 there. Some mm-hmm. are a 10 if you're a Serpentor fan or if you're a so-and-so fan. Serpentor, yep. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. <laughs> you know, like This is like if you're a Wolverine fan. Oh, yeah. This is this a maximum be- score, which would be a 5 for the show. And mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. So I'm going, I'm going to give it the five. I think this is a great cover. Ooh. Borderline I- iconic, poster worthy, hanging on the wall, burns, uh, uh, killing it. The colors are great. Good balance. Yeah. I'm going to give it. The five. Hmm. Man, I'm kind of stuck. You're kind of <laughs> selling me. You're selling me. I was on the, I'm on the four. And yeah, I'm I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. I was at a Joe November 4.5. At yeah, the yeah. And then I was like, it, it, it goes back to that GI Joe thing. Like, are you a Wolverine guy? And if you are, I think it'll get you to a five. And if you're not, you'd probably be at four. So make the mm. call. You know what? I'm going to be a five. I'm going to be a Wolverine guy. Woo! Everybody get up! Wolverine guy. Woo! <laughs> everybody get up now. One, two, three, four. Five will make you get down. Only two of us. There's only two of us. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's> so nice. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and get to a story synopsis. Since Jason is in here, Jared, 
I'll do my best. You know, there's going to be big words in here. Yeah. <laughs> this was written by Jason. Yes. Spoken by Jared Elbrick, the yard sale artist. I'll do my best. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants, feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect. These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men. this is Wolverine alone. The problem is that he isn't. Alone, that is. After a promising start to the story where Wolverine lays waste to a squad of Hellion thugs, I guess they're called Hellions, we begin to transition all over the place. First, we encounter the main hall of the Hellfire Club, where the inner circle is holding the X-Men prisoner while simultaneously scheming amongst themselves. Next, we hop over to Muir Island, where Sean Cassidy and Moira McTaggart discover that Jean is really dangerous. That's it. But wait, there's more. We jaunt over to Arizona where Professor X and Angel have a discussion about why the professor sucks so bad. These are Jason's words, not my, not my words. After another quick Wolverine fight tease, we go back to the captured X-Men where it's revealed that Gene and Scott recently implanted a mind link with each other. <sighs> That's I was mine. As true lovers are wont to do. Well, we all know that mind links lead to mind fights. And Scott finds himself in a psychic duel with Jason Wingard, <laughs> which he loses and apparently dies. At least the Wolverine scenes were cool. I, I The end. And I have to agree with Jason so hard on this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was going to say, whoa, you guys are. Man, we're seeing eye to eye. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting on that. Well, there is a lot in this issue mm. to talk possibly about. I just thought something. Which is me and you here. Let's just get to the next part of the show and hope that Jason doesn't rejoin us. By then. First reader reread. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, let's get to the bric brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? And it's we'll a first read with- <laughs> <laughs> It's a first read for me as well. <laughs> no! Rainbow. 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 Oh, the best show ever. <laughs> I love it. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, I wish every day was like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, now here's the part that I'm dreading. We'll see, though. Mm. Hi, Lowe's, and what does? Mm. Because, you know, I really know how you like your mindscapes. So I'm be interested to hear your thoughts on this. So do you have a high, low, or what the for this issue, Jared? I guess we'll just get it out of the way early, Pat. Okay. We'll give it the low. Another gosh dang mind fight. 
and not even a really cool mind fight. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, Pat. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's what I was going to ask you about is this one's different from a previous one we saw, right? Where with Proteus and with, with Professor and things like that. Yeah. You know, your, your typical ones that you don't like where they kind of put you into a different astral. Well, they go to the astral plane here, but you know yeah. what I mean. This one is kind of kept really white, and just the action is between Scott and Wingard. Oh, you know John Byrne was loving these panels because he didn't have to do a lot of background work. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was pretty cool because I thought that really just kept the eye focused on what was happening in the story. Oh, yeah. I'm not dissing him or saying it was bad or anything. Like, it helps you realize, hey, you're in a mind fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. What is it about a mind fight that you don't like? Same reason I don't like Proteus. There's no grounded rules. But it's, it's comics. Just, it's just whatever you want, whenever you want it. And I just don't like, I don't like Proteus. I don't like any character who can like, oh, I can literally do whatever I want, whenever I want it. Because like, there's, there's just no rules. Like, there's no, re- there's no reason Proteus should lose to anybody ever. I mean, if he can just instantly change reality. And that's why I don't really like mind fights. It's like, uh, small exception there was a mind fight in one of the X-Men movies that James McAvoy Professor X fought. I want to say it was Apocalypse in his mind. Mm. And that was kind of cool because it was like the physical manifestation of two mental-powered beings in combat. And it was like, whose mental power is stronger type of a deal. Okay, yeah. And I can kind of buy that one. But when it's like this, like, oh, now we're in... 17th century blah 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 and i'm a swordsman and we're going to like i mean it's kind of clear to me that just the creators just wanted to have this swordsman duel like it's i don't know pat it's just not for me <laughs> see and i did go i dug it i thought it was really cool and that's fine i get it i you know i get why people like it so people like fantastical you know you like fantasy better than me yeah overall. that's true you know you that's like true. sword and sorcery better than me overall mm-hmm. i just i guess i'm more of a grounded Storyteller, you okay. know, says the yeah. guy who wrote Hamilton versus Burrow Werewolf Tale. <laughs> but it had rules, Pat. There was rules involved. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think then, like the Matrix? See, I consider this kind of matrixy. Now, I can dig on the Matrix because they also established the rules. Uh, you know, it's, it's in a fixed rules program. And Neo's whole thing is that he's basically hacking the rules, which allows him to bend reality is not but they don't let him recreate everything like he can bend the rules mm-hmm. he can't really all out now well maybe he can out now but i haven't seen the latest one <laughs> yeah. like he never could truly break them but he could bend them to his when will and i thought that was kind of cool and and it was well explained to me what parameters we were working in so i was okay with it especially in the first one second and third movie they get a little loosey-goosey with it and i wasn't so big on it but uh, at least I had a, a good under. Like, this is just like, hey, we met in your mind and uh, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. Let me, uh, as I'm trying to suede you into liking mind <laughs> or liking mind It's stuff not like going to happen, but I appreciate yeah. your efforts. Using what I can, holodeck. Holodeck. Kind of same concept, I would yeah, think, right? I understand the rules of the holodeck. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a little more of, a li- of an anything goes type of a deal. Um, but again, I understand that it's completely a program. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to, you know, 
help you warm up to these. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this much. When it comes to Star Trek, you know, Next Generation was sort of the big holodeck user. Yeah. I much prefer the the stories that take place in reality than the stories that take place on the holodeck. Hmm. All right. I mean, I get it. It's like a cool device that writers can go to. Like, what if uh, Data was Sherlock Holmes? You know, and I saw that one and then it was fine. It's an escapist opportunity for the writers. And I get that. But I I prefer lasers in space. You know, that's just me. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess there isn't changing your mind on that. (laughs) I'm just going to be that guy. I'm going to be that that guy. And that's all right. You know, I, I think the biggest problem with this one, Pat, and I guess we're not really doing highs, lows by the formula. It's just me and you. It's like the old yeah. days. I think my biggest problem with this is I'm already not keen on mind fights, right? Not my thing. And last episode just had me so jazzed with that last panel and Wolverine. Now it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Like that's a classic panel. I'd seen it before. Like in my blood was pumping. Like, oh, 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 oh. Here we go. Yeah. 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 I could have used a little more Wolverine action in this one. The way they set it up should have been an all Wolverine issue with maybe I'll give them two pages of typical Spider-Man elsewhere. Yeah. Typical Spider-Man style. style. Yeah. Yep. Here's a page of this and a page of that. And they should have let this be the Wolverine off the chain. Wolverine saves the day because he's an unstoppable fury force. It should have been his moment. They teed it up as his moment in the last issue Mm -hmm. and they didn't deliver. I do see some character development being done here with Wolverine. You get, you know, I'm the best at what I do. And you kind of get that verbiage that's in here that Mm kind of grows in Mm -hmm. the character, his sneakiness, his just, you know, his raw power to just do what he does. Mm. But yet he's also learning to hold that self back, too. Mm. And interesting you say power, too, because early on, it's kind of a thing where he gets shot and by like yeah. a machine gun or something. And he, you're like, oh, if I hadn't moved to the side, that would have cut me in half. And it's like, <laughs> this is definitely early Wolverine because modern Wolverine would have taken all those shots and just kept right on coming yeah. and not have cared one bit. <laughs> With the healing factor up. On yes. Him. Yes. Yeah. I was like, they, they make like a big deal. Luckily, I twisted to the side. I'm like, Wolverine doesn't need to twist to the side. <laughs> but that's what I find interesting about going back and rereading these is, yeah, yeah. you know, we know how he develops, you know, down the road or, you know, what his skills are later on. And just to see the early developments of him is really mm-hmm. cool. You know, kind of like the Black Cat, too. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely feel the writer's trying things out like you said the verbiage was there about best there is what he does yeah but like i really thought pat like at the end of the last issue i thought this is the it, this is the wolverine's mm-hmm. coming out issue. that's what i thought gonna, too this yep. is where we're going to kind of meet modern day wolverine and we didn't yeah no i i think yep jason said it well in his synopsis that oh we're gonna get the wolverine nope <laughs> kind of yeah but you know this is a Claremont story. So there's a lot of stuff that he has moving around here. A lot of plot stuff that's going on. This has been a big plot with the Hellfire Club, the Inner Circle, all these guys. This has been a long developing plot. And I know where this somewhat is going with as we get to the Dark Phoenix thing. 
maybe that's what I find it really interesting to see that story develop here as we're going through it. And just that slow burn, <laughs> so to say. And speaking about burn, the art in this, man. Killer. Yeah. Well, so even when they go back to the old century like that, that mind fight, it's still, that the artwork is really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, Vern and Austin, they're never going to disappoint, ever. Even on their B days, they're better than most people on their A days. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I want to point out something interesting that, okay. that piqued my interest as I was reading it. Would you be willing to go with me to page, content page 15? It's right after the uh, round one of the mind fight. It's Wolverine. And at the beginning of it, he grabs the guy whose gun is pointed to his head. Sure. Okay. First of all, there's two things I want to talk about on this page. First of all, Wolverine. Again, early in his career, they haven't fleshed him out yet. Let me ask you something, Pat. Are you sneaking up on Wolverine? Oh, he's going to smell you. Oh, he's going to smell you. He's going to hear you. He yeah. ain't no, that dude ain't sneaking up on no dang Wolverine. All right. But again, again, Pat, we're in the past. Mm-hmm. I can let it go. They haven't fleshed that out yet. Check this out, though. At the bottom of the page bottom left corner back everyone back let security handle this another costume maniac what's happening here where's the secret service at all costs senator kelly must be protected okay so are you like me do you assume the man in the purple vest in the center of the frame is senator kelly because i do no no looking at the way it's being talked about i think the guy with the black hair and the white bottom is senator kelly Black hair. Next to the guy that's talking the words. Okay. So you're saying the guy who's, who the back of his head is to us. Yes. Okay. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. It could be. I, I don't know for sure. I'll buy that. But here's where I'm going with this, Pat. I looked it up because I was like, is this the first appearance of Senator Kelly? Senator Kelly. Okay. And I looked it up. And we're in issue 133. Three. I think this is. Mm-hmm. His first appearance, according to Marvell, is 133. Can I guess? But, Can I but, take a guess? Go. I'm going to say below 100. Oh, no. His first appearance is 135, according to Marvel, two issues from now. Oh, interesting. And that's why I was like, but isn't that him? <laughs> Wouldn't this be his first appearance? So it, it I, thought it, I thought it was a guy in the purple vest. You think it's the guy whose head is, is turned back of yeah. his head to us. Either way, if one of those guys is Senator Kelly, then this is his first appearance. Interesting, though. Huh. I thought but, he was... I do Rump. know that there's such a thing as first appearance and first full appearance because like Wolverine himself. Sure. 181, everybody says it's first appearance. I've owned both 180 and 181. He's in the last panel of 180. So technically Incredible 180 is his first appearance. He's in the last panel. Mm-hmm. But they credit his first full appearance as 181. Yeah. So I think this is kind of that similar thing. I think we're looking at the Incredible Hulk 180 of Senator Kelly. Okay. Well, I'm interested to find out now, too, because I thought he was around, has been around for a little while, obviously. Yeah, I looked it up just because I felt like I was like, is this the first go around? Because we've had a lot of those lately with Dazzler and Kitty Pride and White mm-hmm. Queen. And yeah, so I looked it up to see. And yeah, apparently his first, I guess, full appearance is going to be in two issues from now. Hmm. Interesting. Since we're in this kind of panel and pages, come on, Wolverine is getting beaten down by... Guys with sticks. Guys with sticks? No. <laughs> Again, we got to do that whole early Wolverine filter, because no, that guy shouldn't have snuck up on him. Yeah. And no, 
you know, three guys with sticks. Well, and, and he, and he says, I'm going to take it easy. on. Okay. Once you start noticing that they're not taking it easy on you, you can't do a little something, a little something more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is like when we read the Spideys and like the regular street gang guys get the drop on Spidey. And it's like, yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Hey, again, early on. Yeah. I still, man, those people in those masks, they freak me out. Yeah, that's that's good old-fashioned nightmare fuel. Yeah, I'm going to have nightmares now, thinking that I'm going to be attacked by these hellions with those creepy masks on. Oh, man, I don't want to see them anymore. Anything else, Jared, on this issue, story-wise, art-wise, plot-wise? Uh, I just have to agree with uh, Jason hit it right on the head with the synopsis. It should have been an old Wolverine issue. It wasn't. They took time out to visit other places that didn't even really matter. Like I really, I think we could have really maybe used the cut to the Hellfire Club members and their sort of their inner little secret battles they're having. I think a yeah. page of that would have been fine. Moira McTaggart and Sean, I don't need it. Um, <laughs> the well, Angel, I think that, Angel right. the Professor, I don't, I don't need it. Okay, so Moira and Sean, she's the foreshadowing of probably what's to come with Phoenix. Yeah. But I mean, that's already been foreshadowing. It is extra foreshadowing, I guess. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a joked about it somewhat in my cover description, but I am genuinely having a hard time. Cause we've been on this. We've been on this Phoenix saga thing a little bit now. And people, yes, like, we have. you know, yep. X-Men fans like Phoenix saga. Yeah. And I'm reading it for the first time and I'm going, I'm getting, if someone was to just look me in the eye and say, Jared, people love this because this is the burn Austin art run. I'd go, okay, I got it because <laughs> it's gorgeous. But story wise, I'm not saying it's terrible. He's Chris Claremont. He's a legend, but yeah. it just, it's, it's just not there for me right now, man. For me, I'm a story guy. So reading it, I'm digging it because it's that build up the buildup that's happening. And then you start laying in some other stories and get me start wondering, okay, what's happening there? Why is that happening? And it's just the laying down of that slow foundation that I love. It's the world building that's happening for me compared to some other things where it's just kind of quick and easy and, and they're in and they're out and you don't get a lot of that. Okay. Art wise, I'm, I'm totally down with the art. You know, that oh, just yeah. to me is the icing on the cake. Oh yeah. But if you get some good story development and, and layering, at least for me, that's what work. And it could I can understand where it could be different for you being a creator, you know, your story development and things like that. So you understand that a little bit deeper. I mean, I have, I have to look at myself in the mirror, too, though, and say I kind of exclusively write one and dones. Yeah. And this is a long haul story. And, and I'll, you know, if that's. If you're feeling that, Pat, I got it. And I don't mind a long haul story too. Kind of, kind of makes me feel almost like the, you know, GI Joe with Larry Hama, just kind of, it's a long build over a period of time. And I get, I just, to me, this feels more like a roller coaster to me. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I've had issues where I'm like, that's strong issue. I like that. And then Mm -hmm. I've had issues I don't even finish. And then this issue I would put in a category that I would just say is disappointing because I was just so ready for the Wolverine. Yeah. Well, I can see that. Eh, I mean, I survived the mind fight. I saw it happen and I went, I asked myself, (laughs) am I going to keep reading? So here's what I did. I like, okay, let me just 
glance ahead. Okay, I'll be out of this mind fight in about two pages. Okay. And then I get back to Wolverine. And then they tricked me because they go back in the mind fight real quick again. I mean, it's too bad Cyclops is dead. He's like my favorite X-Men. Yeah, that was a surprise to see that he actually took a sword. And with Wingard going, you think I was going to do this or that? But, bro, I'm doing it. I'm like, whoa, that shocked me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Never. Uh, I mean, Wingard, he's got the fashion sense of Prince. So mm-hmm. you don't want to fight that. No. Man, if I could have a nice ponytail like that with a little. Dude, check out Sebastian. Just straight chilling in his smooth green robe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is wearing their fanciful outfits. He's like, I'm green robing it. Yeah. Well, you know, well, he was in that fight in the last issue with where he totally came out of the his clothing and oh, was just he was totally shirtless. ripped standing yeah. there and just like. Yeah. Wow. Now he's like, he's the last issue. He pulled Rambo. Yeah. This issue. He chills. It's just ch- straight up chilling on this one. Yeah. And not a bad last page, big splash page. And no, hmm. it's again, it's, it's gorgeous. I really like the color work in the background too. That's all Glennis. Yeah. Artistically. This era of X-Men is just amazing. So again, yeah. if somebody just looked at me and was like, Jared, people love the Phoenix Saga because the art's so good. I'd be like, okay, I got it. <laughs> but the, the story to me, just roller coaster. Right. Some good ones, some really bad ones, some ones that I'm just like, eh. <sighs> well, you I know, know what? We're going to get letters. People are going to call 707-532-LBOX. Please do. Ma- Let us know. Be, be mad at me. Let us know. Maybe you I- can help me change Jared's mind. And you know what? I'm glad we've had this one-on-one conversation and talk, and we got to kind of understand a little deeper into Jared's soul and his mind. <laughs> I lost a mind fight to Chris Claremont. I think we you did. That I was there. Mm-hmm. Chris Claremont himself defeated me. But I'm also glad to get your perspective. This is working for you, Pat. Yeah, it is. I think that's perfectly cool. And I want to be very clear about that with our listening audience. If this is your wheelhouse and you love this and I'm just not getting it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I told, I mean, it's going to be the Phoenix saga forever. And I know that it's landmark. It may not be hitting me right, but it's hitting Pat right. And that's, yeah. we're both newbies. So, yeah. I, and Very I'll cool. stick with it. I'll stick with it. Again, Good. the art the art alone can pretty much carry, <laughs> carry yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> it is something really to behold, I think, in this really cool art. But with that, let's find out who went the extra mile in this issue. Jarrett, do you have a character? That went the extra mile in this one. Kind of tough. You you know, you can't say Wolverine. I guess he kind of can. I mean, if you want to. I wish he'd gone the extra, extra mile. mile. Yeah. And, and I'm going to give it to Wolverine because he did the most. Uh, everybody else stayed chained up the whole time. And even the villains didn't really move their ball forward. Oh, no. like they just kind of stood around and chatted. So, I mean, it's got to be Wolverine. He's the only guy taking action. It's Wolverine. Even though um, it should have been Wolverine. It was it's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you choosing Wolverine. Good points there too. For me, I'm gonna choose Scott. Okay, fair enough. Because I think he tried his hardest to figure out a way to get through to Gene. I like that. And and he fought for her. You know, he stood his mental mind groundscape. Mm-hmm. Against Jason Wynn. <laughs> so I'm giving That's it a good him. point, though. Like a good leader, he tried to find a way. Yeah. You know, and we'll see what comes of it. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see how he comes back from this. So, but my extra mile goes to Cyclops. 
I like it. I'd like to give my extra mile to Wolverine in the last panel of last issue. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the art on this one, now that you keep mentioning it, there were some really nice just panels where it's like, oh, yeah, that's Wolverine. Mm-hmm. There's really some sweet panels of just Wolverine art in this where it's like, oh, yeah, those are those classic poses and things that you mm-hmm. see. I like, like the, well, the one with he's got the fit and like, come on, buddy. Yeah, though he's doing the fingers like, let's go. Yeah. And he actually talked the guy into just dropping his gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was cool. That was a good part, too. So, well, you know, now I got me thinking, um, I'm staying, I'm going to go with Cyclops, but <laughs> that was a good moment. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get to some ratings for this issue. And as a reminder, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. And two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Jared, your choice of one through five. (sighs) Did it bring you? Are you two and a half, three? I am feeling a two and a half, a Joe November two and a half. (sighs) I'm going to give it the three because two is I didn't like it. If we had a column that said I was disappointed, (laughs) that would be the one I would take. I think art-wise and just enough of those Wolverine moments, I'm you made it through it. Um, I made it through, so it okay. automatically it's a two because if I don't make it, it gets a one. Yep. So it's already at a two just for getting through it. And I didn't hate it, and I just disappointed in it. It's a three with a sad face emoji after it. Okay. And I am gonna give it a four. If I go, I'd be a four and a half right now. I think it's the Wolverine was wanting more that was holding me back. So I really liked it. Again, I'm a sucker for this. All right. Don't give me that, Don't give me that face. <laughs> He's give me, a, he give me like a sour puss face. I, I give you the gas face. Yeah. <laughs> gas face. Uh, well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. You can also leave a voicemail that we just might play on the show. So leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. And we will be right back. It is a time of chivalry and adventure. It is a world of magic and legends. It is a story of... Are we there yet? For the 20th time, no. These two. What are we going after again? A dragon. Are you sure? I thought it was a giant. That's the beauty. It hasn't been decided yet. Queen of the Knights is a new production from Azir Voices, where you, the listener, choose what happens. Go to azirvoices.com, that's A-E-S-I-R voices.com, for all the details. Oh, a kitty! Did that cat just breathe fire? Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, shares, and a segment called Crusader Comments. As always, we're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. 
getting early access to those special long box episodes, I finished it. And voting to determine show content. Much like on this show, you can vote to what the second feature is going to be. So we appreciate those who do vote. And again, that's a Crusaders Club benefit. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving so much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Badawing. Gary Viola. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. <laughs> Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Principal Strickland. Slacker. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. The MVP Captivating Kathy Bright. Paul Hicks. P.D. Devins. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michelle. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. Toronto Cup. And if we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we will add you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending that email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we'll get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can join those ranks and become a Crusaders Club member by going to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club and you make Pat happy. Yeah. So you don't want to want to do that. Who wouldn't want to do that? Man. Exactly. It's a bargain. You you can't beat that. It is a good deal, Pat. And if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out, maybe you take a moment to write a review for us on your iTunes. Oh, it says iTunes. I think they changed it to Apple Podcasts like three yeah. years ago. And we oh, well, keep saying it was iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to keep it simple, you can just do the star ratings. If you like, help raise the profile of the show. And uh, hey. We're happy to share your review on an upcoming show. And, you know, Jared, we have gotten a lot. I was actually going and looking at if we had any new reviews so Mm -hmm. I could add them. Unfortunately, we don't right now. But, man, what I love to see our reviews go up. We're two away from hitting a milestone on how many reviews for the show. We're right now at 48. So, Mm -hmm. man, if we can just get two more people to give us a review, that Mm -hmm. might bump us up. Bump up the 50. 50. And then if we're going to get more than that, oh, man. So please, please take some time and give us an iTunes review. Like we said, even if it's just a star rating, it still definitely helps raise mm-hmm. the profile of the show. And we do love to hear from you. Definitely. All right. Let's get into our social media likes, shares, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles episode number 57, where we covered November of 1979, which included Amazing Spider-Man number 201. And X-Men number 130. Aaron Head Moss. Absolute Artworks. Aguirre Sylvia. Alvin White. And Helica Fetty Woof. Oh. Bengals Ben. Bill. Carlos Lopez de Victoria. Carmine Del Vecchio. CB Dave. Charlie Green. Chris Sheehan. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Down the highway. 
season. All right. <laughs> Christopher Howlett. Clinton Robinson. Coffee and Comet. Comic Reflections. Danilo Dulay. Dave Merck. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Urbe Turhan. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. Gary Bruce. Gene Hendricks. Glenn Peterman. Jason Halsey. Jeremy Spalding. Still love his balls. <laughs> Absolutely. Joe Crawford. John These Nuts Knowles. <laughs> it's getting late. John Quattrociochi. And I'll take an easy one. Kathy Bright. Ken Solo. Manuel Kenyette Mendoza. Max Traver. Nathan Kelly. Neil Piwarski. Orlegario Martinez. Paul Barant. Philip O. Rook. Rick Heineken. Robert B. Sanchez. Ronald Caldwell. Saul Lerman. Sergio Vizcarra. Tim Bryce. You want to give me a beat? All right. You're on the beat. I do a beat. Here we go. Well, there ain't no packing like the unpacking power of the power. That's a pack. Like I said, the power, that's a pack. You can't unpack that word. Not bad. Vernard Jeffries. Walt Nealon. Warlord Worlds. And Zachary Carter. All right, let's get into those comments. Our first one is from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. It says, I was with you up until Pat started talking about unhinging his jaw for a wiener. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Now that now. juice is still on my chin, Joe. Okay. That was a good one. I, I, you know, that was a good. <laughs> I forgot. We did a whole spell of hot dog jokes on that episode. Yes, that was. As I wrote about Frank Castle. And remember how long it took me to remember why? <laughs> yes, because we'd written it like five weeks before we recorded it and i couldn't even remember anyway a lot of hot yep. dog jokes last episode yeah it was fun time a lot of jokes were some really good wieners out there you had some a lot of good ones anyway i'll take one from tim price and tim says i really relish that spider-man cover description <laughs> more, oh, hot tim. <laughs> more hot dog jokes <laughs> And we got a comment from Edward Foy who said, Dazzler needs a new comic. I envision it with Dazzler as a washed up pop star going on a meet the rock stars you loved nostalgia cruise for the cash and gets into superhero shenanigans along the way with a floppy vinyl sided stapled in the middle. <laughs> and uh, as far as Longbox Crusade is concerned, that's approved. Yep. I'm done with that. Love those little floppies that you used to get yeah. either a cereal box or just yeah. whatever. And that'd be fun. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks for everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word for about this show. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, Lombox Crusader Chronicles.blogspot.com where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, Delvin, Make it more questionable as we go. <laughs> oh, it was a really strange episode, folks. <laughs> so, but we moved on. Um, again, just, yeah, thank you, Jared and Jason, for joining me on this episode. Behind the scenes, look, we were just getting back from our little break we had in at the end of 2021, end of December. Crusade must break. Crusade must break, yeah. Man, and I hope you enjoyed Crusade must, folks, because we mm. definitely had a great time doing it. Yes. But we started getting back and 
you know, this is how it goes. So, Jarrett, thank you for joining me. <laughs> it's my <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> but before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jared. Well, if you want to talk to Delvin, he's on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. And Jason is at Weasel Skull. And if you want to talk to me, it's at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check out my art at theyardsaleartist.com. Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing a Livestream on YouTube, the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Check out Lawnbox Crusade on YouTube and please subscribe and hit the bell so you'll get reminder notifications of when we go live. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Please also remember you can also send us a comment via a voicemail. <laughs> and what number is that, Jared? 707 5269 That's 707-532-L-Box. Pick up the phone. Hi, this is Jeff from Jeff Nerd Present, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, and I just wanted to call to say, Pop Quizmas, Hot Shots! With me today are Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat, and I would like them to name me four, count them, one, two, three, four people of the Longbox Crusade Network that I'm wishing a very Merry Pop Quizmas to. Merry Pop Quizmas, guys. I hope you have a really great time, and I hope that all of your holiday wishes come to you at the speed of a bullet. Huh. Speaking of bullets. Hey, Rick, come here a minute. I got something for you. Bang. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read them all. The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Record and talk shop. All right, we'll talk shop. That way, if we say anything funny, you've got it. Odds are low. I've been cursing Jason's name a lot editing today. How I wasn't bad. Jason uses phrases like, "Well, I want to add real quick." No. <laughs> Shut your mouth. His definition of real quick is shady as hell. <laughs> nah, it's not so bad. Did you catch my episode of JLI with Shag? I, it's I haven't listened to it yet, but I do have oh. it. All right. Same. It's in my pile. Just uh, mm-hmm. I see where I like. Pat, guess and when when Jared and you guys guessed on something, your beeper's, your, your beeper's going off. <laughs> okay, calm yes, down. We'll, we'll, down, calm down. <laughs> we'll read it. We'll read it. We'll I will listen to this. It's not reading. You listen. Oh, sorry, we'll listen. You, know, See, you don't even. That tells me you're not. <laughs> I actually did start it. I started it. I finished. It. I, I was trying. I to think what happened to, was I got um, all caught up. I got all caught up in Crusademus, so I think it's halfway listened to. It came out right before or during Crusademus.
I know that because everything got bumped to the curb. Like I was going to listen to Kathy's uh, episode of Monday Movie Muck about, and I'm half. It's been on halfway since Crusade Miss started. <laughs> nah, that's okay. And also, I hate you. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. I figured it's that part, but you know, hate is another name for love. Fifty sixty. Pick up the phone if you're sixty and alone. <laughs> wow! Watch out! <laughs> Watch Getting out, close. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we did it. Woo, Woo. 60. <laughs> Just people dropping like flies. <laughs> we got a man down. <laughs> oh, you know the down. rules of the long box crusade. If we have two or more, we're going. <laughs> we're going. We did it.